take me out to the ball game. Take me out to the crowd. That's wrong. Let me try that again. Take me out to the ball game. Take me out with the crowd. Buy me some peanuts and Cracker Jack. I don't care if I never get back. For it's root, root, root for the home team. If they don't win, it's a shame. Because it's one, two, three strikes, you're out. At the old ball game. Welcome back to Deep in Bear Country, a Berenstain Bearcast. Imagine that, a whole podcast about the Berenstain Bears. Who would have thought? Each week we go through the Berenstain Bears uh, library, book by book, more or less, in chronological order, more or less. I'm Phil Gonzalez, and this has been the most long-winded intro to this show I've done in probably about five years. So consider yourself very, very lucky. Again, if you're watching this on YouTube, hello. If you're listening to this on a podcast player, hello. Glad to have you. Welcome to my home. So this week, we are talking about the great American pastime, once again, a baseball, baseball. A game beloved by humans, the world yawn. A game that had its origins in cricket? I don't know. Something a long time ago. And then years later, we still insist on pretending it's the American pastime. The only thing I know about baseball is that people love talking about how much they don't like baseball. If people go to baseball games, they are always like, I go for the other stuff. But like the game itself, who can sit through that? It's not entirely true. I know people who are devoted to baseball teams. People who've been going to see the same teams play since they were little tiny children and are now adults with dogs. But it's just, I've been to one baseball game in my entire life. I went to an Astros game in high school and I did not go because I wanted to. I went because I was asked to go by a girl and I was flattered. I was at half, I, I really, I was like, okay, I'll go. Now, before you get all, before you get all, like, oh, Phil, you just had to drop your story about, like, all the girls who ask you out to baseball games. Just know this was the only girl to ever ask me out to a baseball game. And it was not in a romantic sense. She was not interested in me at all. Uh, she didn't want, she didn't want anything from me besides companionship to a baseball game. Also, her parents went as well. Uh, so no sweet kisses for Phil. Don't worry. There were no kisses. Uh, I had, I do, very rare is the time I have been asked for kisses. Now, I know you're probably looking at me and you're probably thinking, if you're not looking at me, you're listening to me. You're probably going off the sound of my voice. If you're looking at me, though, you're probably going, come on now, look at this guy. He was probably crawling in baseball kisses. Not so. Not so. I had to work for every kiss. Just want you to know that. I've had to put in my I put in my dues. Now I now I'm not even going to talk about it. That would be talking too much about my personal life on the radio. Uh, but why am I even talking about kisses? Well, this week's book is a return to form 
for for the bears, the Berenstain, the Berenstain Bears, because this week's book is uh, is a little something that I like to call. Well, I mean that everyone likes to call because it it's the name of the book. Uh, we love baseball. It's the Berenstain Bears. We love baseball. It should be the Berenstain Bears. They love baseball because they're the ones who love the baseball, not me. There was a uh, there was a Sesame Street song called "Everyone Likes Ice Cream." Uh, when everyone likes ice cream, yes, indeed they do. Everyone likes ice cream, I do, do you. Search the whole world over, travel near and far. But everyone likes ice cream, no matter who they are. But that's not true. And that's kind of how I feel about baseball. Uh, we don't love baseball. The Berenstain Bears love baseball. It should be called, The Berenstain Bears Love Baseball. Not we love we love baseball because that's a taking that's making a lot of assumptions. But it's Berenstain Bears. We love baseball from 2017. It's an I can read book, beginning level one. Let's step into reading, folks. We're trying to learn here, and I'm going to cover this book. I, we, we've gone into a lot of things in the past about baseball. I've talked about baseball in the past. We've tu- we've touched on the game. Uh, I was I was I, I I started off the episode though by quoting "Take Me Out to the Ball Game." Uh, I believe I've talked about it in the past, but it's the wildest song. It's just it's the it's the weirdest case of a song ever because it was written as we, as I think everyone knows. Uh, Take me out to the ball game uh, was written in 1908 by Jack Norworth and Albert von Tilzer. And if you know nothing else about Take me out to the ball game, it's that the writers of the song, Jack Norworth and Albert von Tilzer, uh, didn't had not attended ever a baseball game, which is interesting. They lived. They were Tin Pan Alley songwriters. They lived in New York. Jack Norworth was inspired to write this song, the lyrics to the song, uh, when he was on a, a subway in New York City. He saw a sign that said, Baseball Today, Polo Grounds. And uh, and he was like, well, what would happen if a guy asked a girl out on a, on a date and she wanted to go see a baseball game? Uh, I think it might go a little something uh, like this. And then uh, Albert Von Tilzer, his, his partner in crime, they also wrote Shine on Harvest Moon. Uh, plunked out a melody, and we got Take Me Out to the Ball Game. And what I've always said is, if you listen to the lyrics, especially the chorus, the part everyone knows, uh, it is clear that you are hearing a song written by people who had never been to a baseball game. Uh, because it is, it's such a disparate, like, selection of topics. Take Me Out to the Ball Game. All right, we know, we, we know there's a ball game. Take me out to the crowd, with the crowd. As the lyric, some people say to the crowd, take me out with the crowd, take me out with the crowd. I know that there's a lot of people there. Buy me some peanuts and Cracker Jack. Uh, that's two things you can get at a baseball game, right? I, that, okay, that's all you need to know. Again, this is very surface level stuff. I don't care if I never get back, which if you've ever been to a baseball game, you might feel that way. Like you might be all, this is just never ending and I'm never going home. This person is saying, I don't care if this game never ends. Uh, and this is the one, this is the line that always gets me. This is the line that always makes me go, you're just, you're just making the vaguest noise about baseball that you can. Let me root, root, root for the home team. If they don't win, it's a shame. For it's one, two, three strikes, you're out. Like they had heard that. That would be like if I wrote a song about going to a football game. I'm gonna go to the old football game. 
I'm gonna watch them throw a football. I'm gonna watch them run around a field. It's gonna be so much fun. Hey, 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 touchdown quarterback. Kicking the ball through the big H. I love football. It's my favorite game. Let's all go to the football game. I just wrote a song about football that that educates you as much about football as this song does about baseball. And I did it off the top of my head. What's interesting, though, is that the actual song of Take Me Out to the Ball Game is a romantic song. It's about a guy asking a girl out, uh, Katie Casey, asks her out to a show, but she's baseball mad. And uh, and so she wants to go root for the hometown crew, which I don't know if everyone, anyone ever called their home team the hometown crew. Uh, all she does is go to the ball game. So one Saturday, her young beau asks her to a show and she says, no, I'll tell you what you can do. Take me out to the ball game. Take me out to the crowd. And that sort of recontextualizes the chorus because when people sing it at the seventh inning stretch of a baseball game, it's more this sort of like celebration, like, hey, take me out to the ball game, which is a weird thing to see when you're at the ball game. It's like, let's all go to a ball game. It's already seven innings in, and if you haven't figured out where it is you are, you probably have a lot more problems than that. Uh, but the con in context, it's a woman demanding a baseball game of her boyfriend. Take me out to the ball game. You want it? You want a piece of this? I'm pointing to my my mind. You want a piece of this? You got to take me out to the ball game. You got to take me out with the crowd. You got to buy me some peanuts, some Cracker Jack. I, I don't care if I never get back. I could stay there all night for it. And I'll root, root, root for the hometown crew. If they don't win, it's a shame. For it's one, two, three strikes, you're out at the old ball game. And that line is recontextualized. I don't know how, but it's recontextualized as striking out with the girl. You're gonna get her to the game. She's gonna eat the she's gonna eat the peanuts, the cracker jack. She's gonna get into the game and totally forget she's on a date. It's one, two, three strikes. You're out at the old ball game, uh, which is how I choose to interpret it. So when people stand up at the seventh inning stretch, which apparently didn't happen for like decades, this song was super popular, like on vaudeville, but it never occurred to people to sing it at a baseball game. Probably because people who like baseball were like, "What's this song? Like, what is this anyway?" monsters of megaphone hit like it, who cares it got played at a high school game i guess was the first time it was ever played at a baseball game and then like that year it was played at a professional game but it took a long time to get to get up to that level now it's just accepted now it's like oh the official anthem of baseball but that's like ymca making the song ymca like their theme song it's not really about the ymca uh, or when people were mad when they heard initially that Barbie girl wasn't going to be in the Barbie movie and they were like, oh, how could they not? And it's like, well, it's a, it's a, it's a song critical of Barbie that like Mattel tried to get shut down. Why would they include it? Why would the YMCA use the song YMCA? It's not about enjoying the, the Christian like camaraderie. I mean, you can be Christian and enjoy that kind of car. In any case. Three strikes, we're out at the old ball game. It's the Berenstain Bears. We love baseball. Let's do it.
Oh, look, I started on the wrong page. Uh, I, 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 pulled the, I pulled the book up and it's on the wrong page. I don't know why it's in the middle of the, in the middle of everything. It's the baseball. Hey, hey, the very insane bears. We love baseball. It's the 60th anniversary edition, by the way. Uh, so we got a nice little cover photo of a bear catching a baseball. Uh, so here's an interesting thing. So what's happening is it's bear, we're in bear country and Grizzly Gramp sees that the Badgers are playing the Growlers today. Uh, the Badgers, not a type of bear. The Growlers, a type of beer. But Gramps is like, I love baseball. Gramps loves baseball. And he's like, it's big game. Let's go to the ballpark. Now, I find this fascinating. So the rest of the family likes baseball. They all decide to go. They have team shirts. They have Badgers ball caps. They head out. What's fascinating to me is that there is a... This plot could be... This plot could be tighter. And by the end of the story, I will explain to you how I would tighten things up a little bit in this story and make the beginning of this more relevant to the plot as it is later on in the story. There's not much story here. It's a beginning reader book, but there is some plot that kind of goes nowhere. And what I'm saying is it could go somewhere if you changed a little bit at the beginning here, but we'll get to it. So the Bear family all heads out. Mama, Papa, sister, brother, Honey, Grizzly, Gramps, and Gran. We haven't seen Gramps and Gran in a while. Always happy to see them. So uh, they get to the Bear Country Ballpark. It must be their national ballpark. It's huge. It's a nice big stadium, Coliseum style. They get their tickets punched. Go through the gates. They get bobblehead dolls. So it must be bobblehead night at the old ball game. Bobbleheads are interesting. A bobblehead is like the closest you can get to a toy without it being a toy. It's like a toy that will break if you play with it. Bobbleheads are like, it's fun. They're cute. They bounce up and down. And if you bop them too hard, that spring's going to break. Or if you drop them, they're going to shatter. Usually the base, the free baseball game ones are kind of plasticky and chintzy and like cheap, which means they're actually a little, they're not as heavy. So they're a little less fragile than like actual bobbleheads. But even then, they don't last long if you play with them. Also, these are huge bobbleheads. I don't know. Uh, the only thing I know about bobbleheads, like baseball bobbleheads, is that I, ha- I know some people who have these sort of commemorative bobbleheads they've gotten at games. And I've, I've picked them up. And some are nice. Some are cheap. I'm going to assume that the Badgers are cheap. Because I don't think this is a major league game. I think this is... I, don't, I know it's in a huge stadium. I still think it's a minor league game. Because we have never heard of them. That's it. We've never heard of them. Uh, they get their bobblehead dolls. And who are the bobbleheads of? Babe Bear. Now, assuming Babe Bear is the Bear World XP of Babe Ruth, we can assume this is some sort of tribute, right? To a long-dead, violent bear who played baseball. But wait. Nope, Babe Bear is out on the field. So in Bear World, their version of Babe Ruth is still alive. He's either very old or the legend of Babe Ruth was not a thing. It's a new thing. It's a new development. Because uh, as we'll see, this man, this bear is supposed to be Bear World's version of Babe Ruth. But I don't even want you to think about that yet. Because we are about to get some major developments in the history of bear country. Didn't think that was going to happen in a step into reading baseball book, did you? Now, of course, we don't know if the step into reading books are literally about their world. They could be set on an alternate timeline, different universe. Uh, the the uh, the one with uh, 
Dr. Bear, not actual factual, is testament to that. But we've also seen actual factual, I don't know. Also, that version of bear country was like the United States of America. And this is definitely bear country, as you'll see. So they're there. It's a nice day for a baseball game. I guess. You're still outside. The Badgers are playing the Growlers. So this is the, uh, this is the, was it Bear Town? Bear Town Badgers? Hold on. I'm looking this up. Yeah, the Bear Town Badgers. So not the Bear Country Badgers. This is Bear Town Badgers. And again, Bear Town is kind of a small community. That's why I think this might be minor league. We have the St. Paul Saints next door in the other city. Uh, St. Paul Saints are a minor league, but they're really popular. Like they have big, big blowout games. Nothing like, not like a coliseum that the Badgers are in, but there doesn't seem to be any major league baseball right now in Bear World. So maybe this is as big as it gets. Also, never mind. Uh, Maybe, never mind. I was going to say something about Bay Bear, but I don't think that's relevant. So, uh, they're warming up. The Grizzly Growlers are uh, are warming up alongside the Bear, Bear Town Badgers. I don't know where the Growlers are from. Just as they're the Grizzly Growlers. Don't know if they're from, like, I don't know. I don't know how it works. I don't know how, how Bear Town, Bear World Baseball works. I don't know how Bear Country Baseball works. I don't know how minor league or major league baseball works in this world. I don't know where this team is from. Uh, all I know is that they've gone super Saiyan and are throwing the bite baseball so hard it catches fire. They're pretty good. Uh, also, their logo is just an angry bear, which I guess is kind of like any mascot that's just a guy. It's just a guy, a mad guy. Uh, the Beartown Badgers mascot's there, though. I keep shaking my finger, but you can't see it. Beartown Badgers mascot's there, though. He's a real goofball. He does flips. He does the badger dance. I don't know how to do it, but I'm going to try the badger dance, everyone. If you're listening, you can't see me do it. The badger dance. He's doing the badger dance. He does a flip. He jumps up and down. He lands on his hands. He's funny. Everyone laughs. Put a pin in that. We're coming back to it. It's a lot of plot here that goes nowhere. And now the loudspeaker. Okay, this is this is the big deal. The loudspeaker says, and now our bear country anthem, not the United, not the national anthem, not the United States national anthem, the bear country anthem. They take off their hats. They stand up. They all sing, our country tis of thee. Sweet land of liberty of the icing. Not, not my country tis of thee. Our country tis of thee. Sweet land of liberty of liberty. It's actually L-I hyphen B-E-A-R hyphen T-Y of the icing. In bear country, the star-spangled banner is not the national anthem. I assume that's because. The Star Spangled Banner does not exist in Bear Country because there was no War of 1812. Because Francis Scott Key wrote the Star Spangled Banner during one of the battles of the Battle of 18 of the of 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 of, of 1812. There's no War of 1812. There's no War of 1812. That's what I meant to say. He watched the flag during the battle. Wrote this 
actually pretty racist poem called The Star-Spangled Banner, set to some music, became the national anthem. My country tis of thee is not the national anthem. Also, it's interesting. They didn't go with America the Beautiful or any of those. This land is your land, maybe? They went with some version of my country tis of thee, but they call it our country tis of thee. No war of 1812 in bear country. Didn't happen. Neither did the Civil War. Didn't happen. Different world. So the game starts. And as soon as the game starts, Honey Bear whispers to Papa that she has to go to the turlet. So he takes her reluctantly. And as soon as he turns his back, some major play happens. He gets back with Honey. Brother and sister are hungry. And he has to take them to the concession stand to buy an overpriced hot dog. And he misses another big play. Gets back to his seat. The batter hits a foul ball. The ball flies into the stands and a honey catches it, not Papa. Papa seems to be having a rough time of it. Now, here is where the plot should have gone. Well, wait a minute. Let's get to this part first. Because something you will never see at a professional baseball game happens. The mascot gets tired and takes its helmet off. That doesn't happen. I know. I know. That is a violation of, like, mascot everything. You do not just sit down in front of the audience and take the head off your costume. I don't care how hot you are. Takes off his head. He needs a rest. Then go it, go it back in the place. Go to the dressing room, you dingus. And just sit there in front of the kids taking your costume off. If Mickey Mouse did that at Disney World, he'd be killed. By the Disney police. Now, here's something else that would never happen. Papa's like, oh, you look like you're getting pretty hot there, palsy. Can I be the mascot? And the mascot's like, yeah, sure. Just gives him the costume. That wouldn't happen. Just the mascot handing over their costume to some rando in the crowd. Now, I can see if the mascot was like, oh, it's Grizzly Gus. Or, oh, it's it's Uncle Uncle Who's-It's. Or, it's Cousin Fred's dad. Or, why, it's actually Two-Ton Grizzly. But no, it's just some guy. And he sees just some guy come out of the crowd and be like, let me do it. And he's like, great. So Papa does the badger dance, does a flip and hurts himself and everybody laughs. He like, that's it. Like he literally hurts himself. Like he's, there's like stars. He hurts his legs. His knees bend the wrong way. And he hurts himself. Poor Papa. Uh, His knees bend the wrong way. He looks like he gets some kind of like terrible whiplash type concussion. And everyone laughs. Things that would not happen. I don't care how chintzy your minor league team is. Wouldn't happen. Now it's time for the seven again. He starts, they sing the Take Me Out to the Baseball Game song. Take me out to the ball game. Take me out with the crowd. Buy me some peanuts and Cracker Jack. I don't care if I never get back. And they're all wearing their shirts. Interesting that everyone in the crowd has the Badger shirt and the Badger hat, which leads me to believe that they've also, each and every one of them have played for the team at some point. Leading me to believe, again, it's a minor league team. Like a minor, minor league. Like off, off, off Broadway. Uh, Now we get to some beef here. Because Grizzly Gramps disagrees with the umpire calling a player out. He's safe, yells Grizzly Gramps. 
Grizzly Grant tries to shut him up because you know what happens when Grizzly Gramps gets worked up. He starts yelling things that maybe he can't take back. She tells him to calm down. And he says, yes, dear. And he sits down. And I love that, like, had Grizzly Grant not been there, Grizzly Gramps would have humiliated brother and sister bear. Absolutely humiliated them. Uh, okay, I'm going to actually go back because I want to talk about this plot that they could have gone with that they didn't. By they, I mean Mike. And by Mike, I mean the author and illustrator of this book. What Mike should have done, I'm going to improve the plot of the Berenstain Bears' We Love Baseball Baby Book for Babies and make it fit together a little bit better. Grizzly Gramps should have been the, it should have just been Grizzly Gramps and Grizzly Gram taking the Cubs to a game. Grizzly Gramps should have been the one who had to get Honey to the bathroom, who had to get the Cubs their food, who tried to catch the foul ball. Then he explodes at the umpire, or almost explodes at the umpire. Grizzly Grant calms him down, and he learns that the game is about... Being a spectator should be fun. You're there to have fun, and you're there with your grandkids. It's not about seeing every play. It's not about being right all the time. It's about spending quality time with your family. That's the joy of going to a baseball game. Instead, we get uh, instead it's like split up between Gramps and Papa, and Papa doesn't have like Papa doesn't seem to have much invested in the game. So like not seeing those plays doesn't feel like a a huge emotional burden for him. And I want huge emotional burdens in my level one step into reading books, but. It's not how it happened. Uh, and we could have cut like the mascot stuff. Like that didn't matter. We could have gone with an emotional resolution, not the physical resolution we're about to see. Uh, because we get our ultimate sign that Babe Bear is Babe Ruth. He does the pointing thing. I'm going to hit that ball all the way over there. Just like Babe Ruth did, right? That was Babe Ruth, right? And he does. He points to the fence. He hits it. The Ball flies over the fence, home run, the Badgers win. Because the game was all tied at that point. Badgers win. Babe Ruth's alive. He's also in pretty good shape for Babe Ruth. Remember, this is a guy that was played by John Goodman in the Babe Ruth movie. Uh, also, he doesn't, like, point. Let me see if I can. He doesn't, like, point. He... He does, th he like points, he doesn't point with a full arm like Babe Ruth is shown to do. He like bends his elbow and does this weird little like striking cobra <laughs> with his hand. But he's pointing like, I'm going to hit the ball over there. And he does because he's a better player than I am. Badgers win. Everyone grabs their bobbleheads. Honey swings her bobbleheads, bat around. Yay. Home run, says Gramps. They all win. Papa does the badger dance, but he doesn't do the flip. And I'm just saying, the story could have been a more emotionally resonant. Teach Gramps a lesson. Don't get worked up. Gramps, like he could be getting more and more like frustrated and I'm not getting him to watch my game. And then when the call happens and, the, and Graham could be like, dear, this isn't about you. This is about the Cubs having a good time at the ball game. You love the game so much. Why don't you teach them why you love it? And then like the next couple of pages could be like 
Gramps pointing things out in the field, like, ah, oh, when I first got to the, when I first saw my first game, I sat right over there. And uh, when, I, when I was a kid, you watch this. He like, pours the peanuts and the Cracker Jack into his hand, and he's like, we call this a double doozy. And he like eats them at the same time, and the Cubs pretend to be interested in it. Uh, I met your grand behind the bleachers once, kids. And she's like, oh, you. They, you could, and then like at the end, like the they, the Bay Bear strikes the Homer, and they all go live happily ever after, and they bond with the kids. Instead, it ends on a weird like joke about Papa not hurting himself again, which is fine, but it doesn't seem like it's necessarily the most resonant part of the story. So there you have it, Mike. If in thirty-five years they reissue this book and need it rewritten, there's some tips for you. Uh, floating, I don't know if you're still going to be doing these 35 years from now, but if you are, keep that in mind. Uh, if you, if, if, if these books get reissued then in 2060, in 2060, 35 years, I'll be 82. I'll be 82. How old will you be? How old will you be listeners in 35 years? I'm probably going to be dead. That's weird. That's weird. That's weird. Wouldn't it be weird if I died before the Berenstain Bears? But never mind. And now I'm getting lost in my head. So anyways, that's the Berenstain Bears. Who loves baseball? We love baseball. Don't we? Don't we just? It's a pretty good book. It's a pretty good book. Nicely illustrated. I don't know if it taught me anything. I, I knew how to read before I picked it up. So it's hard to judge, hard to gauge, hard to gauge how much this book helped me read. It's a level one reader. So I was, I was pretty far beyond what it had to offer, uh, but it's fun. And we learned a little bit about bear, bear world history. No war of 1812. So put that in your pipe and smoke it listeners. Uh, speaking of pipe, speaking of smoking, uh, don't. It's bad for your mouth. You could get mouth cancer. Also, listen to my other shows. Uh, this week on It's Del Toro Time, we will be tackling, uh, I don't remember, Ramsey Campbell. Did we do Ramsey Campbell? last? We did Ramsey Campbell last time. We did Macintosh Willie last time. I don't remember what this story is. It's a spooky one, though, and I really, really liked it. I do remember that. I really liked it, but I can't remember what it was. And I'm not going to look it up uh, because I don't have it pulled up. But listen to It's Del Toro Time. We cover spooky stories. Uh, otherwise, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for joining me. If you're watching this on YouTube, thank you so much for watching. If you don't know how to find me on YouTube, just search YouTube, Phil Gonzalez, Bear and Stay Bears, and you'll find me. My page is called Phil Gonzalez, and it has my little logo. It says, it's Phil on it. Uh... Otherwise, keep on trucking, uh, keep on bopping those baseballs around, and I'll see you all next time, deep in Bear Country.